0: Thanks for listening to Draw Near and this week is Ash Wednesday if you're listening to this the day that it's posted so we thought that we would put out a Lent episode we did do one last year um, so feel free to go look at that it's called Why Lent actually
1: Um, it's called Why Give Up
0: oh why give up really really encouraging name I think that's why we picked it yeah (laughs) Uh, But this one is actually kind of a compilation of a bunch of segments from friends who we know um, who were willing to come and meet with us and talk with us about their Lent experience. So really, um, I think it's very easy to feel like... It's hard to do Lent mm-hmm. or it's hard to do it, quote, well. And I don't know how to define well because I feel like sometimes there's even like this Catholic pressure of like, you're giving up that. Oh, wow, I'm not giving up right. enough or, you know, like there's kind of this this stigma with Lent. And so we wanted to talk with some of our friends and just ask them, how do you do Lent well? And what are some tips that they have for all of you and just kind of what have been their really fruitful Lenten experiences?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in that spirit. First of all, we're blessed to have these folks joining us. And yes, yes. We think you're going to be blessed as well, and they're all familiar faces you've heard or seen with us before, but in the spirit of that, we are going to answer some of those same questions that we're asking of them.
0: Do you want to share who our guests are so they have something to look forward to? Yes, If yes, you're like, yes. oh, I don't really want to hear your take, yes. Fred so, <laughs> Um
1: Matthew Leonard, mm-hmm. you might recognize. We've had him on two or three times. Yeah. A uh, good friend of ours. Yeah. Sonia Corbett. Yeah. Who another good friend of ours who's um, been a constant encourager. We're blessed to have her. Yeah. Um, and Taylor Schroll from Forte Catholic. Mm-hmm. Anyone that listens to Catholic podcasts is likely familiar with Taylor. Taylor was a classmate of mine, and so we've known him for about ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're. Just, I
0: think I've known him for maybe six, but yeah, that sounds about We're right. buds. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> so we're we're blessed to have him as well, and just don't. We, hopefully, he doesn't listen to this, so we don't want him to get a big head. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to the episode that you are on. (laughs) It's probably too late. Okay. So we're going to um, start just each segment is really only going to be about 10 or 15 minutes for each person. So it's not really going super in depth, but you get the wisdom of many people. So we wanted to start by answering the questions that we are asking our guests as well. Um, So really, you know, how do you do Lent well? Maybe what are some things that you try and and do or you try and give up or like the mentality that you go into Lent with and then sharing some of those impactful Lenten moments in your life. So, Fred, uh, what advice would you give? Like, how do you do Lent well?
1: Well, I think first and perhaps some of our guests will share the same ideas. Nobody does Lent well. Yeah. Like if, if you think oh, I'm really good at Lent, you're not like ask your <laughs> angel to <laughs> yes. humiliate
0: you interiorly. yes
1: which Kara did oh I'll talk about she it. can speak I'll to that maybe but um yeah if you think you're good at it then you probably aren't um I also think I try not to whatever I'm I give up I try to also add something good yep, yep. like y- you got to do both yep but I also don't make a habit of advertising what I'm giving up mm-hmm. like you'll never hear me complaining about Oh, I gave up coffee, or yeah. I gave up candy, or I gave up sweets. I generally won't talk about it. Sometimes I do, maybe with the closest friends or something like that. I would, but I, th- I think Scripture does say what you do in private. Right. You know, there's more reward in that. So, so I generally am pretty reserved about that. But I think going back to our "Come Follow Me" episode, Kara, which is one of the first episodes that we've done, uh, we can link that in the show notes. I think the spirit of Lent is sort of a letting go of those things that keep us from following Christ fully. And so I try to keep that in mind as well. Like, I'm giving this thing up so that I can follow him better, Mm -hmm. so I can be more like him. Approaching Lent with that attitude, I think, makes a huge difference.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, um, for me, like, Lent is that time where I am— uniting myself to christ on the cross and so i think there is just this element of like there should be suffering because christ suffered for us and i'm i'm uniting that suffering to christ on the cross um it very much is like a kind of a death to self that's kind of not not in a morbid way like i mean he says those who wish to come after me deny yourself, take up the cross and follow, follow me. me. So mm-hmm. it very much is like a, a death to self, a denying of self, um, because that's what Christ is. He, he, you know, he gives up his life completely for us. And that's really, for me, what Lent is about is preparing for that and um, and uh, trying to experience that in as much way as I can. Right. You know, not being Christ and being fully human. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But that's the goal, Kara. Like the only way to become better versions of ourselves is to become more like Christ.
0: Is to become Christ. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. the best version of ourselves. I think we've probably done a rant about that. Like that probably, phrase. Yeah. But the best version of yourself is not yourself. It's Christ, and right. that's who we're supposed to be. Yeah.
1: And John the Baptist, he must increase. I must decrease. Right. And that—that's really what to live the Christian faith well is to be better Christ in the world. Just like Saint Patrick said, "Christ in the eye of everyone who sees me. Christ in the ear of everyone that hears me." Christ in the mind of everyone who thinks about me, that, Mm -hmm. that is what we're after. And Lent helps us to do that.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of the same as you too. Like I, it wasn't always like this. I think for me, like growing up, I didn't really have formation about Lenten season, not Lenten seasons, liturgical seasons. I didn't really know what Advent was about, what Lent was about, honestly, what Easter was about apart from the day that we celebrated Mm -hmm. Easter. And so for me, it has kind of progressed um, from just like, oh, I have to give up something to uh, really this mentality of like, what is this season about? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's very similar what you said. Um, I try and give up something and I try and add something. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things I I just made it like a passing joke about it. But one of the things that I did one Lent, which I think was so fruitful for me, and I heard it from somebody else. I forget who I heard it from, but I stole it from them. Uh, sorry, I can't give you credit. Whoever it is, you let me know. <laughs> um, but basically, it's throughout all of Lent, pray to your guardian angel to humiliate you interiorly. And I honestly did not really like fully grasp what that meant. I just thought like, oh, I really want to grow closer to my guardian angel. But let me tell you, if you ask him to do this, <laughs> you're, you're in for a good Lent. It was like... Um, It was like every single time there was an argument with somebody every single time, like I was starting to gossip or like getting negative in my thoughts or whatever. Like my angel was right there and he was Mm. like, Kara, what did you do in this situation? Mm. You know, and it was really like, it's not, you know, humiliating you and and making you fall down the stairs or, Or you know, forget to to put on pants or whatever. Yeah, go to
1: work in your underwear. It's not that. It's not
0: that. It's, it's a really a death to self. Like it is humiliating you interiorly. So pointing out. The ways in which you fell short mm-hmm. so rather than looking at everyone else's faults uh, your guardian angel really helps you to grow in humility and I don't think that I knew that going into that Lent um, that that's what that was gonna bring about but I think for me it really pointed out areas in my life where I had a lot of pride mm. and so I would say spiritually that was one of the most fruitful lens for me um, and then very much like things that I want to try and give up I look at what you said Fred What is keeping me from growing in my relationship with Christ? Mm. What is keeping me from being able to deny myself, take up the cross and truly follow him? Mm. And so I think it was last Lent where I realized that I did not like how much I was watching TV. It was just like, I would just go to bed feeling really empty. Like, wow, I could have used those two hours way better Mm -hmm. or I could have, you know, finished, finished this class I'm auditing or whatever. Like I could have been more productive and I could have grown closer to God. And so Last year during Lent, um, I gave up TV, which was really hard um, (laughs) Mm because I try not to make it like a burden on somebody else. Mm -hmm. So like if my husband wanted to watch a game or if my kids wanted to watch a movie or whatever, like that was on, even if I was around. But if it was just me and my own free time, um, the TV was off and Mm -hmm. I would try and do something really actually recreational like reading a book or doing something else. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really good too. Definitely mortifying, <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. growing in discipline because that's really hard because sometimes you just want to like be able to check out and relax. But I would say those were kind of the two most fruitful lens for me, but really like giving it that intentional thought. Okay, what is holding me back from growing in my relationship with Christ? Or is he specifically asking me to add something to my life?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kara, I think oftentimes the Christian life, at least in my experience, how I live, I, I tend to have these huge swings of doing everything well, doing some things really well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then I'll just have a spurt. Well, let's watch Cobra Kai, right? You know, on on Netflix, and For I just hours. <laughs> yeah, and I just burned. We no joke, burned through four seasons in four days. <laughs> That's not healthy, right, uh, but right. it just it hooks you in and. And then there are other times, like I think our, our most rewarding Lent, very similar to yours, we talked to the kids about this one year, and we said, what if we give up all screens mm-hmm. this year unless it's directly related to work or school? And the children, to our surprise, were really on board with that, even video games. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that would be hard, and so we literally packed away the TV, and we packed away the video games. And it was kind of amazing to see how close the family grew during that time, to see the children moving more toward books and and other activities and, and things like that that required more of their mind, more of their intellect. And certainly, I think, as a family, we grew more spiritually during that time. And such that when Lent was over, Nobody asked for the video games, mm-hmm. so I didn't get them back out. That's nice. It was a whole year later before anyone even talked about. But still, I think there's a lot of those things we learned in and as a family that I still see the fruit of, and it's been a few years now. Um I've talked about it before board games. That's that's right. when that hobby together that we share started was during that time. So and you know, it's just amazing to see when you, when you turn off the distractions what the Lord can do Mm -hmm. in those moments. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I also think of one Lent where my spiritual director uh, asked me to pray the sorrowful mysteries every day of Lent. And, you know, what began to happen during that process was it was like I was present to Christ's sufferings every day. And at times I would see other people present in the story as well, like people that I was praying for seeing them standing at the pillar as Christ is bearing their sin in the scourging and things like that. So the fruit I saw of that was an intensification or or a a more directly fruitful prayer for people. Mm -hmm. And so that I think that was something that was really helpful to me as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our segments. I'm really excited for these guests, but I do want to say this, that nothing about this episode is meant to make people feel like, um, wow, I do Lent really bad. Mm -hmm. It's actually the opposite. Um, It's to help you feel really encouraged and empowered to know, you know, what's a good mentality to go into Lent with? How can I really discern what to give up or what is God asking me to add into my life? Um, even if it is something, you know, that is so simple, like cutting out pop, maybe you're addicted to pop. Mm-hmm. Maybe that addiction is keeping you from growing closer to God. So nobody, nobody asks you to share what you're giving up and nobody's going to judge what it is. If it's sim- if it seems simple to someone else, maybe it's exactly what God is asking you to give up in your life. So we just want to encourage you to, um, come into this episode with an open heart and open mind and really ask God, what do you want me to get from Lent? Well,
1: thank you everybody for joining for this segment. We are excited about this guest we have. Uh, you've heard her on our podcast before. One of our most popular episodes was actually with her. If you might remember, God's ways are desert ways. Somebody that's been a huge encourager to us. We we love her Bible studies. We love her message, which it's right on our ep- website. Jesus loves you to death. Let him. I just think that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And we are, of course, talking about Sonia Corbett. Welcome, Sonia.
0: Hey there. Thanks for having me.
1: Truly blessed to have you again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So in that episode, uh, God's Ways or Desert Ways, we talk about Sonia's book, Just Rest. So I'm actually tomorrow um, starting to do a book study on it. I've read through it already, but starting to do a book study with with, um, some of my young adult girlfriends. So I'm actually really excited about that. That's awesome. awesome.
1: And Sonia, you've been doing a book study online with that book as well right
3: I have we've done a book club what I did was open that up for questions and just took their questions and we spent five weeks going through the questions to sort of people wanted more help with practical Mm how-tos and so we we spent five weeks on that so awesome awesome.
1: is that something you might do again in the future you think or
3: Uh, I don't know I really liked it I loved having the interaction and I loved having the weekly meeting I miss that a lot although I teach RCIA but that's different you know, it's a little mm-hmm. bit different. So I love the community, and I don't know. Probably, yeah, but I don't know when.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, that's one thing, Sonia. I think uh, for our listeners too that don't know, Kara and I, we interact with a lot of Catholic speakers and, and and folks that do this kind of thing. But one thing that I think sets you apart and really stands out to me in your ministry is your love and concern for those you're teaching. And, and reaching through your ministry comes out in everything you do. Ah, oh, thank just, you for that. Yeah, and I just really appreciate, like, you taking the time to spend more time with folks, walking them through that book, because that mm. was a book that had a profound effect on Kara and I yeah. when we needed it too. Yeah. so. Amen. Uh, so very much appreciate that. Speaking of profound effects <laughs> <laughs> and the desert, yeah, uh, Sonia Lent is approaching. Uh, at the time, people are listening to this. Um, a lot of us find Lent hard. It's supposed it's, to be. It, yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be. Um, so I'm curious your thoughts on what what do you see in Lent? What does Lent mean to you? But also, if somebody said I'm not good at Lent, what would you say to that person?
3: Nobody's good at Lent. That's why <laughs> the church gives it to us every single year, because we're especially in the West and probably more especially in America, we're just so accustomed to getting our way when we want it, how we want it. And Lent is really meant to scale all of that back. Mm -hmm. And part of the difficulty of Lent is if you're not good at Lent, God will help you. (laughs) He'll Mm -hmm. help you by putting you in a desert. And we need it. We need that desert to, to rid us of detachments. And so the more rigorous we can make our Lent, the better off we'll be in our lives because what we don't want to do is almost force God's hand Because he cares so much about our souls and he wants us in heaven with him. He wants us in union with him now before we even get to heaven. So if we're lax about our asceticism and our discipline and that kind of thing, then he will allow things in our lives to to scale that stuff back. For us, because he knows how important it is. And then we whine and scream and cry and do all the things that we do. (laughs) But at the same time, it's necessary. So if we can use Lent the way it's meant to be used, if we can really get in there and and cooperate with the rigor of it, it sometimes keeps us from having to battle through a major desert in our lives. So mm-hmm. it's a great tool and the church is very wise in leading us in those two seasons of penance in Advent and Lent. And Lent is the major one, so we really need to lean in as best we can. Nobody's mm-hmm. good at it, but we just have to we right. just have to do
0: it. Yeah. yeah. I think for me like he has almost every single Lent invited me into a desert. Like he's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. you're going to suffer with me, so prepare to suffer and I'm going to I'm going to bring you into a desert." And it that's the transformative Aspect of Lent, I think, because you're waiting for Easter, you're waiting for the resurrection, and like there is an out from the desert and from the darkness. And that's amen. And that's, that's a when,
3: great point. There is always an end
0: to the desert, yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. can you think of um, like a really impactful Lent that you had and kind of uh, was there something that you did that was voluntary penance and that was there something that God did in your heart? Can you remember a moment like that? My very best
3: Lent was my very first Lent. Yeah. I was a non-Catholic and and I had had, I was allowed, I was going to be allowed to come in at Christmas. And I wanted to do that with my whole heart because I had prepared so diligently on my own. But I also hoped that my husband might follow me, that we would be able to come in together is probably a better way to put it. but um, But that wasn't the case. I didn't know that at the time though. So I postponed my coming in to full communion with the church to Easter Vigil. And that Easter Vigil, I hadn't I, as a non-Catholic, I had never even heard of Lent. I didn't I didn't know what any of that was. I didn't And so when I learned about it, I went total whole hog. I mean, mm-hmm. I I really mm-hmm. I embraced the whole hardness of it. So I got my ashes and then I cut all coffee out and I don't even remember what all I did for that whole 40 days. But but it was my first time ever fasting from meat yeah. or a Friday fast. It was the first time I had ever done anything like that. And so I was really strict about it. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even the biggest thing. I think the biggest thing for me was because I had tried so hard to apply the asceticism of of Lent. By the time I got to Holy Week, I I wanted to do every single thing for the whole week. So we did the Palm Sunday and then I was really into my my daily disciplines in prayer and then spy Wednesday, and then the chrism mass and the anoint I mean, the, um, the washing of feet on Thursday. And then you go to, to, we had stations of the cross on Friday and the church was empty and it was just every single day. I was at the church every day for every single mass. And by the time we got, I just remember, especially on that Friday thinking, Oh my gosh, he is dead. Mm-hmm. He's dead. Mm-hmm. And the tabernacle was hanging open and the, crucifix was covered and here we were supposed to be praying the, the, um, the way of the cross. And all I could think is why are people driving outside? Why are there people at a barbecue? Jesus is dead. You know, I was just so gripped by that. But I think that the reason that first Lent was so impactful for, for me is because I had, it was all brand new and I totally embraced every single possible practice the church recommended or presented. So I did them all and it was rigorous, but it was the most transformative in, um, from my point of view. Now, subsequent Lent's were extremely difficult for several years because I did come into the Catholic church and nobody understood why. And it was, it was a real desert for several years. And, and during that time, I can remember just saying, Lord, what else can I give up? You've taken everything. You've taken everything, but my family and my health, and I'm grateful for those, but I don't know what else you could possibly ask. So I'm just, I got nothing. Yeah. And so I just tried to get through it.
0: Do you mean that, uh, nobody understood like in your community and your friends or in your family? Both. Uh, my husband mm-hmm. didn't understand.
3: My family didn't understand. My denomination didn't understand. I was completely ostracized by almost every single person that I had known and loved before I came into the church. And, and I shared that in Just Rest, the story of that. But I had also come into a parish that couldn't stand me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had taken a position that, you know, a couple of other people had done as volunteers. So everything was just turned upside down. So as far as the, the my favorite Lent was my first one. But I have to say that probably those several after that were all, they probably were the most impactful. Because there was so much detachment and so much darkness and desert in that time. And it was very it was very freeing in the end, but boy, it was so miserable. Yeah. So, mm. just what Trans- a Lent is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Probably yeah. transformative in
3: the long run. It was mm. very. It was. It was the closest. It was the most miserable I've ever been in my entire life, but the closest I've ever felt to God.
0: Hmm. I like that. That's a good mm-hmm. lesson. I think a lot of a lot of people can relate to that. Just feeling very miserable in their own life <laughs> yes. or you know, specifically Lent since we're talking about that, but just every day, but mm-hmm. like you are supposed to grow closer to God in that.
3: And you're supposed to not have anything else to lean on. That's the thing about the desert that we we don't really get until we're there. We start to panic because we don't have our usual props. And and that in Lent, it's supposed to be that we do that for ourselves on purpose. And and that's what it is. You know, you're supposed to Try to rid yourself of those things that you use to prop yourself up when things get hard. The self-medication, the, the relationships that you go to instead of God, you know, all those things that we displace God with. That's really what we're supposed to be thinking about during Lent and trying, trying to detach from. Yes.
1: Amen. Yeah. Sonia, I'm, as you're describing your experience, your first Lent, as a convert myself— I you know I hadn't thought about this in years actually but that it was the same experience for me like I wanted all of the things even if I didn't understand them at the time I wanted to be present to everything and there was a joy that that came with that but also like that Friday when you know when we well even Thursday night when we leave and it's total silence and we come into the church on Friday and Jesus isn't there and you know and just it's horrifying. the heaviness yeah the heaviness there and yet, I think in subsequent Lent's, Lent has kind of, for me, been like a roller coaster in some ways, just in terms of the experience of Lent. Because I have the experiences of the desert, like you were talking about. But also those years where it's like, oh, woe is me, I gave up this for Lent. Oh, woe is me, you know, that sort of <laughs> like, oh, why did I give up coffee, you know, and... uh Cause I I've Like, done you this.
0: want everyone to know you give right. like, up coffee, look, and look, it's so hard. Know,
1: so there's this, but I'm hearing that, going back to your first point, because I was thinking of this, and maybe it's the spirit convicting me, like, but it's not leaning in when we do that, the constant complaining about the thing that we chose to let go of, you know. And um, when we
0: cheat on Sundays, I don't get right, that at yeah. all. Right. Why do we, why does anybody do that? Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. I told that to my husband. I was like, no, that's not in the 40 days. I can, I could have it. He's like, that's, that seems like cheating. I was like, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: well, I had a friend later. Um, I had a friend who said, never give up coffee because that's not a Lent for you. That's a Lent for everyone around
1: you. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I said,
3: you know, that's probably very true. Because my husband did that one year, and I said, never, never, never again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I usually don't give up coffee for that reason, actually. But I I have, I think, maybe once and probably had a similar experience, um, as you're describing.
0: That's funny. So, okay, do you have – so, you know, we mentioned at the start of this segment that a lot of people feel like they don't do Lent well. And you said it's not meant to, to be done well. It's not meant to be easy on us. But do you have any tips for people who are – you know, really looking forward to Lent or really struggling with, okay, what am I going to, um, what am I going to give up or what am I going to begin doing and what practice? Do you have any tips for people who are, you know, looking forward to the Lent season?
3: I have found my greatest success when I both give up something and add something to. And so, yeah. and the other thing is don't cheat and don't think about cheating and don't, and, and I know the church gives a Sunday, but if, you, if your real goal is, is the, the desert penance, why then would you turn on Sunday to go back to it, even though the church gives it to us? Why would you go back? Because, because what I have found is if you do that on a Sunday, it's so much easier to just give it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm done. I cheated now. And, and there's something psychological that just tells you, all right, well, I'm done now. So stay with it without taking those Sunday breaks and just go the whole 40 days. And the other thing to keep in mind is that 40 in the scriptures is the number of gestation. So you're you're hoping to build another permanent habit. So whatever it is you add, add something that you really would like to see yourself keep. From that point forward. And I would even go so far as to suggest if you don't have a daily scripture time with God as a habit, this is the time to begin it. Because 40 days gives you the spiritual and biblical push, but then also you have the psychological um, 30 and, and 40 days it takes to build a habit. So you have all of that kind of working together. And that's a habit that every one of us needs. We need to be in the scriptures hearing from God every day through the daily readings. We must. People say all the time, I don't know what God wants from me. Well, you're not listening. You're not listening to him in the readings. He's speaking to you every single day. So this is the perfect time to begin that practice. And I call it, love the word, L-O-V-E. Listen, observe, verbalize, and trust. Sit with the readings every day for the whole 40 days of Lent and make that the thing that you add and watch your spiritual life explode. That's what we want for Lent. We want that transformation.
1: Amen. Sonia, I love your love the word Bible study, that method, that very prayerful way to approach the scriptures. So it's just as simple as the daily readings using that method. And we're gonna leave a link in the show notes for this episode. Sonia, you have a handout for that on their, on your website. I do. And if you want, if folks want to learn more about Sonia Corbett and your awesome ministry and everything you're doing, how can they find out more?
3: They can find me at BibleStudyEvangelista.com or just search my name, Sonia Corbett.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Sonia, for joining us today. Love it.
3: I appreciate you having me. All
1: right. Well, once again, we have a guest joining us for another segment talking about Lent, and that's our good friend, Taylor Shro, host of the Forte Catholic Podcast, Catholic speaker, As I said, a good friend of ours. First time we've had you on Draw Near, but uh, anybody that's... We've done other
0: stuff, just now. Yes,
1: yeah. Anyone that's familiar with Catholic podcasts probably is familiar with you, or they've listened to a podcast that you've edited. So welcome, (laughs) Taylor.
2: Yeah, I... I, I'm a, a ninja sometimes I'm behind the scenes people are like I hate Taylor I'm like well you listen to podcasts I produce every week so. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah there's no escaping <laughs> even yet.
0: if it's not your podcast not exactly yeah.
1: <laughs> I've known you about 10 years now it's hard to believe and I've tried to escape and I can't so uh, I know you're just everywhere <laughs> I, love how, I
2: love how you're like, hey, draw near, but stay about 1,500 miles away for this. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> We're going to draw near from a distance. Right. Yeah. 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 I've known you for, what, like six years? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I, uh, when you had a different last name and less
0: family I members. I know. Yeah, I know. We always joke that like you were there for all of the big moments. You weren't, but like you found out about all of the big moments.
2: I'm, <laughs> right. a, sta- I'm a staple in your life, Kara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there for it all. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny.
1: Yeah. Will Taylor, not everybody's good at Lent. Would you say that's true? A hundred percent. Yes. So sometimes I, I was thinking about this. I don't think we mentioned this on any previous segments, Kara, but. Sometimes it's almost like a what did you give up one upmanship that kind of mm-hmm. happens with Lent. And I don't I don't know, Taylor. What what are your thoughts on some of that discussion and how we go into Lent with the right attitude?
2: Yeah, one of the biggest things that um because of that one upmanship, uh there there have been times where like I'm not as like strict about it now but there was like a five, six-year span that I told no one what I was doing Yeah, just because I didn't want to do the one-upmanship. The good news is I'm not doing anything crazy like I was back in the day. So it's not like, you know, now it's not a pride thing. So I'm like, hey, what are you giving now up? You like, won't, I don't know. you won't one-up them. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I'm, like, I'm just going to like try to restart my prayer life. It's been rough yeah. two years, Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. like uh, So yeah, two years ago for Lent, uh, the joke was, you know, that was right at the beginning of when our, all of our lives changed. Mm. And I said... uh yeah, uh, for l- this year for Lent, I'm giving up. <laughs> nice, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's and then the it. next year, you know, the next year like, things were still kind of crazy, and I was like, you know, I th- I think I'm just gonna like do what I'm supposed to, like yeah. all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was just an excuse to do. I was like, I think I'm gonna like do my morning offering and pray the Angelus and do my night prayer and try to pray for a few minutes a day, yeah. which like isn't you know nothing to brag about. (laughs) It's just like, hey, these are things that I did for years every day in non-Lenten times. I should do those again. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I'm with you on the, a couple of years ago, the the 2020 Lent felt like the longest Lent because like we didn't have mass. We didn't have Easter mass, you know, it was all online here and just felt like the longest Lent. And I think we've talked about it before on our podcast, but I just felt away from the Lord during that time. So it was kind of I think the following following lent was kind of a needing to get back to the basics. Um mm-hmm. just after all that time.
0: How would you um how would you advise people then who are coming into it like, Okay, I I have no idea what to give up? You know, not they don't care about one upping, they don't care about, you know, any of that kind of stuff. They're just like, Where do I even start?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of times for me, one of the things that I've realized about lent especially over the last two years uh is a lot of people struggle with guilt of like oh i'm gonna give up chocolate chocolate and a week yeah. later you eat chocolate or i'm gonna give up x y and z like one year i limited like my phone time or whatever you know like, with with the iphone like say hey, you know shut me off after an hour or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know a week or two in you fail and then you just kind of give up the whole rest of the time you know i, I think the the biggest thing is like that I've realized is like what the church prescribes is enough. Like what the church says of, of like, you know, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we should be praying doing, you know daily prayers. do not have to be anything crazy. Um, fasting it's built in. We have our built in fasting days, you know, Ash Wednesday, good Friday. And then like the fasting stuff on Friday, um, you know, Fridays, you know, the, all the other Fridays during Lent, um, and then g- giving alms. So like just giving gifts or donating your time. Mm-hmm. It's like, so all the stuff, like, you know, everybody always asks, oh, what are you giving up? What are you giving up? What are you giving up? And, like, I think especially after the last two years, it's like you don't have to do anything extra on top of – I think a lot of us have been away for prayer fasting and almsgiving consistently yeah. for a while. Right. So just doing, like, quote, unquote, the bare minimum of what the church is saying might be enough for us this well, year. Well, especially you know
0: I mean? if we're not doing that. Uh, like, that could be something you add – with Lent, but I know like we talked about with Sonia, it's not like, okay, we have these 40 magical days where I'm just going to do it now, but trying to actually get in the habit of building, it, building a habit or growing in a virtue. So especially if that's something we have not been doing, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, taking Lent to be more intentional about it so it grows the habit of always doing it.
1: So at the risk of sounding like Yoda with this question, you're going to place the emphasis more on the do than on the do not. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, there's no there's no try. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Can you share um, what has been a a most fruitful Lent for you, whether it's, you know, what did God teach you in the moment or, you know, what were just things in prayer that, you know, you you grew from or whatever it might be. But like, what was one of the most fruitful Lents for you that you can remember?
2: Yeah, the most fruitful one for me is going to sound completely contrary to everything that I've said so far mm-hmm. and I think there's I think there's a point to that because it was 10 15 years ago mm-hmm. it was before I was married before I had kids before I had to you know provide for those people by working you know those sorts of things so I was in college and I said I'm gonna do an hour of adoration every day mm-hmm. I was single in school and uh, the so what I quickly realized is I was finishing like my because I was full-time in school I was taking like 22 hours in school working in ministry already uh so like i would finish my day at like midnight i'm like well i missed the day so i I had to start changing it to the day of when i wake up in the morning to when i go to sleep at night so there were multiple times that i was in the adoration chapel 1 a.m 2 a.m um and i think one one of the things that taught me is like one like just discipline of being able to do it and, and sticking sticking to something but two like that um a lot of those times late at night praying seemed incredibly unfruitful especially the ones that i might have dozed off for an hour or two you know started my adoration hour at 1 and woke up at 4 like i should go home you know like <laughs> you weren't sleeping um, you
1: were resting in the spirit table. right yeah i was
2: <laughs> after 1 p.m there's no resting you are sleeping <laughs> so um so one like that that year it was a time in my life that I could do that and it was a ch- it was a challenge and it it really did help me grow a lot of my faith and uh so I, I think I learned a lot of lessons then and then now looking back I'm just like there's a zero chance I could ever do that again <laughs> which is how life is now yeah. so I don't know like it, it like everything that I said beforehand was like oh that's for where I am in my life now right. but uh it was good for me then It is
1: one thing that we have to consider like as we're deciding what we want to do for Lend, what can I actually do? What is reasonable? Because it's easy to get discouraged. And I, and I know, Taylor, we both went to Steubenville. I would, I would encounter folks that were, like, upset that they couldn't spend two hours a day in adoration or, you know, I, I couldn't get my three hours in. And so I, you know, or I had to get my three hours in, so I didn't get my class assignments done, you know, those sorts of things. There's a balance to our devotion as well that's what i'm hearing and what you're saying
2: yeah yeah for sure i mean it it's one of the things like that's why we have to discern it every year right cuz if i would have said i'm going to do this hour of adoration every every day of lent for the rest of my life in lent it's like i would have failed miserably the next year and the next year and the next year cuz i got married the next year had a mm. kid the next year you know so um that's why i mean it, that that's the big thing it's like discerning now something that is practical something and and for me, it's, like, something that's just, like, a, a, the next big step. So, like, uh, I won't name them because this is your podcast. But uh, uh, things that are, like, super intense, like, militaristic of, like, completely change your life this Lent. I'm just not a fan of those. I I, I want to take the next big step of, like, okay, if you're, like, there, there was a time where I was, like, practically addicted to my phone mm-hmm. and like i think for work wise i'm probably on a device for like you know not my computer like an ipad or a phone probably for like four or five hours a day uh, but i was on my phone for like eight or nine hours a day so that's another three four hours just completely unnecessary right? right um so like that year i knew i needed to limit my time and that's what i did i limited my hours um there was one time i gained like 20 pounds in in from from easter to the next lent and people were like oh lent isn't about dieting it's not about your body i'm like I don't know. My body is the temple of the spirit and mm-hmm. I've gained a ton of weight. Maybe I do. Maybe a spiritual practice is taking care of my body a little yeah. bit more. And right. so yeah. like one Lent, I was like, I'm going to walk, you know, 10,000 steps a day and not eat out. Right. And like that, people are like, oh, that's, that's, that's a diet. I'm like, I don't know I what doing it before. I need an excuse to do it. So. You're still <laughs> growing
0: in a virtue and in yeah. a discipline. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's just looking
0: point. at like what, yeah, I like that. Like you're just kind of looking at, okay, what is the next step? Especially if the goal is like, I'm supposed to grow, grow closer to Christ. And so, you know, if I'm already doing something, like let's say I, I pray a rosary every day, but my rosary is dead. You know, I'm not meditating. I'm just like throwing it on and listening. It's like, okay, what's the next practical step? Even if I'm doing it all the time, it's like okay, maybe sit down and be more intentional with it, and actually pray with it or something. So or pray yeah, a I scriptural
1: like rosary. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. like that.
0: So yeah. I think one thing um, I I'm curious, Taylor, what are some tips you might have for somebody who is really wanting to know how to spiritually and prayerfully prepare themselves for what God is wanting to give them during Lent? Because I think it's important to note too, like. Um, I think Sonia mentioned this, actually, that 40 is the number of gestation. So like I just think of that in pregnancy, like you're growing something, you're preparing for a time of, you know, birth. So the 40 years of or the 40 days of Lent are a time where like God is actually trying to grow something and preparing you for something. So I'm just curious what tips you might have for people to prepare for that growth and be ready to actually accept like, what is God trying to give me? Yeah, I th-
2: I think one of the things over the last couple of years has been embracing the desert. Like Jesus didn't have a blast for forty days. Like it was not great, you know. Like yeah. uh, he was he was hungry, it was hot, uh, he was alone, lonely uh satan showed up like not an <laughs> ideal time you know and like you know you mentioned uh, being pregnant i myself have not been pregnant but i've been around my wife when she's been pregnant with with our three you and did like... gain
1: 20 pounds though so yeah i did i did. I,
2: I, I gave <laughs> the sympathy weight she lost it and i never lost it I, hey
1: i i we're, we're on child number six that uh yeah and every child so i don't know i'm just gonna call it 20 pounds per baby you know that's yeah, probably yeah. an exaggeration but it feels uh, that way so
2: my joke has been I gained the COVID nineteen. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I totally I, I interrupted think, your okay. tip, so Taylor. So. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Give me more time to think about it. Uh, but I, I think just embracing the desert and like things things are going to be difficult. Um, I, I, I think the thing for me is like there was one Lent that I was just terrible. I didn't do it. I barely did any of the prescribed stuff. Like uh, whatever. I forget what I picked that year, but like I just didn't do it well. Like I just I just kind of failed at it um that was one of the most fruitful holy weeks i've ever had Mm. because i got to the point where i was just like like i was trying and failing it wasn't like i'd like completely gave but at at some point it's just like i i I keep trying and i'm failing keep trying and i'm failing and god's like god met me in my failure and, and just gave me the grace of a tremendous holy week of like and, and for me, it was like, that that doesn't give any excuse to, yes I should have been more disciplined. I should have, you know, stuck to those things. But I think that lesson there was like, yeah, you failed and you kind of suck sometimes. But, like, that's literally why I came and right. did the whole Good Friday thing, you know, because right. you failed and you suck. Because you, know? you suck sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and and just, just the grace of that week and being able to participate and completely dive in to Holy Week was like, man, like, I mean, obviously, you don't want to try to fail. That's stupid, right? You want to try to do to succeed at whatever mm-hmm. whatever you set out to do. Um, but just God's grace in this season is is um, is just really special. There's just something. I mean, it, it, there's a reason this is our our highest feast of the year after you know these forty days. Yeah,
1: that's the thing to remember, Taylor. It's it's not so. And, and this is true with our life here on earth. It's not always so much about how we start, how we begin but it is about how we finish. So even if you have the most difficult, away-from-the-Lord kind of Lent that last day, you know, uh, Holy Saturday, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. the Lord can do some pretty wonderful things, and it's about how we finish, where we are uh, at the finish line. So Taylor, if people want to learn more about you and your ministry, where do they go? How can they do that?
2: Yeah, sure. ForteCatholic.com, F-O-R-T-E Catholic. And the the primary thing, we have a weekly podcast as well uh, on uh, wherever you find podcasts and on our YouTube channel, which is also Forte Catholic. Thank you, Taylor. Thanks. Bye.
1: Well, once again, we're joined by a special guest. This time, our good friend Matt Leonard, Catholic author, speaker, filmmaker, founder of the Science of Sainthood, and the host of the Art of Catholic podcast. Welcome again, Matt Leonard, to Draw Near.
4: Great to be with you guys.
1: Awesome. We are really, really excited to have you with us. So,
0: we have several episodes with you. They were all about forgiveness, um, right? They are about they were, are two about and, forgiveness and suffering, yeah, and, and suffering, and prayer, yes. and spiritual mm-hmm. life. And we, yeah, we
4: had some great conversations.
0: We covered lots of yeah. stuff, but this will yes. be good because you know all of that kind of still falls into Lent. So,
4: yeah,
1: yeah. I love uh, on your website. It says I want to inspire Catholics, including myself, to sainthood. And Kara, I really think that goes right along with what we're after. Yeah. Withdraw near as well. So, yeah.
0: Um, With yes. a lot of things that we do. Very much the words of Paul follow me as I follow Christ. And that's how we get to sainthood. So,
4: that's exactly Amen. right. It's all about the Imitatio Christi. That's right.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Amen. So, Matt, this is Ash Wednesday, the time this is posting. Of course, it's not Ash Wednesday yet. We're still mourning the loss of the Bengals at the super bowl last night um the day we're recording this i'm fine (laughs) (laughs) i'm from ohio so it it hurts a little bit but um i'm a broncos fan so i'm used to disappointment when it comes to the super bowl
4: uh kara so it's okay yeah last time Um, you guys lost i think it was at the hands of the cowboys my team or at least one of the times anyway we yeah, we can both join yeah. in our morning. We already know it. We're morning is. we go into Lent. and We've already been set up perfectly it, for yeah, by, it's it's perfect. by our sports team.
1: <laughs> yeah, that it is. That it is. So Matt, along that lines, uh, I'm not very good at at picking a winning football team, uh, and I also feel like I'm not good at Lent. And I know a lot of people feel that way. That I'm just not very good at Lent. Um, what would you say to somebody that feels like that? That This Lent thing is too hard. I'm just not very good at it.
4: Well, welcome to the human condition. I don't know that there's anyone who's good at Lent because the whole point of Lent, uh, well, the point of Lent is to draw closer to Christ, right? But the the means by which we do it in this liturgical season is something that is difficult, and, and it's meant to be a little bit difficult. Uh, Because what we're doing, what we're asked to do by the church is to give up something good. So the world and things that we like and things that we value, which aren't bad in and of themselves, are good things. I mean, Jesus, or not Jesus, but God said he created everything good back in the garden, right? So the beer and the bourbon and the chocolate and all those kinds of things that we (laughs) give up, they're good. Uh, but we want to give them up because we're we're seeking something better so we're sacrificing the temporal for the eternal so it's hard and we're fighting against our likes and our desires and so if you're struggling as you move into to lent um uh, that's it. I mean, everybody does. And so don't feel bad about it. Just realize it's meant to to help us. It's like kind of like clearing, cleaning your spiritual room. I mean, no one likes to clean their room, but once you have it in order, life just seems to be a whole lot better. And that's kind of what Lent does for us.
0: Am I crazy if I say I like to clean my room?
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it relaxes me.
4: <laughs> well, then you're perfect for Lent. You just totally yeah. shot my yeah. entire analogy. Sorry.
0: Sorry. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Kara is
1: made for Lent. Kara is the one person on the planet. That's good no,
0: no, actually, I will say this. Uh, this is just like a very recent realization, um, like last night in prayer. Um, I realized that I kind of fall very easily into indulgence. Like I'm really, really bad at prudence, and I feel like – That is one of the virtues that is so good to work on during Lent, especially when we're giving up something or, you know, I don't want to, you know, eat as much candy or I don't want to drink as much pop. It's like if I find myself, you know, giving in something, whether it's spiritual prayer, um, you know, study of the word or opposite, like I find a really good episode or a series I like on Netflix, it's like, I really get into the word or I really binge watch that show. So I'm, I, f- I find myself that like, okay, Lent is a very good time to grow in, in the virtues <laughs> and really help with those things.
4: You know, one of the things oh. that I found so helpful in, in approaching Lent was this line by St. John Paul II, which I think is one of the most profound lines I have ever heard. And he said, you have to first possess yourself before you can give yourself away. And really, that's what Lent does. It's helping us to possess ourselves so that we don't give in to those things. Because really, when you think about it, those things that we love that kind of control us to a degree, we're slaves to them. They, yeah. they control us. And so what Lent is really all about is breaking those chains and those bond, bonds of the things that would keep us from being able to give our full attention uh, and of all of our love with our heart and our mind and our soul to God so, again, it's not that those things are bad, but we want to break the, the conditions under which they keep us from giving our whole self to God. So you're kind of quelling your own desire so that they don't master you and you can turn all of your attention to God.
0: Right. I like that. You have to possess yourself. So very much in the sense of like, we are not a slave to our passions and you know the worldly things, but our will and our intellect can control our bodies. Yeah,
4: you can't give something away that you don't own. Right, And right. and that's what Lent is helping us to do, is to help us to own ourselves so that we can make a gift of ourselves back to God and neighbor, which is the fundamental commandment, isn't it? I like that.
1: Amen. Yeah. Kara, I'm re- remembering what we talked about earlier in this episode, but my giving in to the temptation to burn through four seasons of Cobra Kai in like five days. <laughs> yeah. And this I too have that same struggle uh, that you're talking yeah. about. And I'm just, Matt, what you said is just like really getting me like, yeah, I suppose if I keep answering yes to the question, "Are you still watching?" Um, I have some things I need to work on. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. Fred, um, you got to
4: sweep the leg of Cobra Kai. That's yeah, what you got to do, man. Right? Yeah, you got to
1: sweep the leg. <laughs> sweep the leg on that sinful nature. That's what you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Matt, any tips, any wisdom that you could share with our listeners on on how to go into Lent? and do the very things we're talking about. Maybe it's drawing from your own experiences, but um, of saying no to those things that kind of hold us back and keep us from following Christ the degree that we should.
4: I think that a lot of times we just kind of fall back to the same old, same old of what, what we're going to give up. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm going to give up this candy. I'm going to give up, you know, whatever thing, alcohol. I think it would be a whole lot more practical and a lot more beneficial if we did exactly what Kara said she was doing last night. If you approach Lent in prayer and you ask the Lord, what what do I need to work on? Because really, when you enter into meditative prayer, one of the things that you should know is that as you're engaging with the Lord, one of the keys here is it's always action. Prayer isn't just a thing we do. It's meant to change our lives. And so... When you're talking to the Lord and He shows us a weakness that we have, you want to act on it, and perhaps that's what we need to ask the Lord in prayer as we go into Lent. Lord, what is it that I need to do personally in order to draw nearer to You, in order to grow in my relationship with You, and let the Lord speak to you uh, in in what it is that He wants you to do. If you lack patience, maybe you need to do something with regard to that. If you lack lack hospitality, maybe He's wanting you to invite some people over. Don't just think within the box of the normal, I'm going to give up this candy or that alcohol. The spiritual life encompasses way more than just the physical things that we think we're in bondage to because it takes up your whole person. And so really, I think that prayer is at the core of that. And, and another thing I would say is we have a tendency to bite off more than we can chew. Uh, lots of times at the beginning of mm-hmm. Lent, and people get frustrated because they fall on their face as, as they you know get a week into it, and they've all already like blown it, and you're like, oh man, I watched another season of Cobra Kai, right? <laughs> and at that point in time, don't be afraid. You just just get up and you brush yourself off and and you start again. But maybe you need to take a hard look and say, all right, maybe am I trying to do too much? And I know I'm not trying to get people off the hook of doing difficult things in Lent. But sometimes, our zeal in our zeal, we put ourselves in a position where we're just becoming miserable, and you're not really engaging the Lord. Uh, and I think that's a, that's something we need to realize going in, and maybe it saves a little bit of heartache once you get a couple of weeks into Lent.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is where that prayer comes in. Like maybe God is going to tell you, "This is what I want you to do, not these seven other things." That's exactly. So right. I like that, and that prayer it should incite action. And I think honestly, that's what I thought of. Fred, when we first started this, and you said, for those people who feel like they're terrible at Lent. Well, if like that's our initial reaction, then are we falling into like, well, I'm just really terrible at Lent, and then there's just this discouragement, and like, woe is me? Or is it like, wow, I'm really terrible at Lent. Like, God, how are you asking me to be better? And then act on that. And right. I think that's and kind of the key.
1: And allow his grace to work in you. Right, right. To do it. I think, Matt, one thing that stood out to me as you were talking is not allowing us, ourselves to think that it, it's somehow we can make ourselves holy, you know, as if, you know, like by the bootstraps, I'm go- I'm going to do this, you know, I mean, there's no grace in that. That's right. And we can't be good at Lent, so to speak. We can't be good at following Christ just on our own. We need His help. We need His grace in our lives to do it.
4: Everything is a matter of grace. I mean, your ability to blink your eyes is a matter of grace and how much more so our ability to to get rid of the things in our lives are going to keep God's grace from actually having more of an impact on us. And uh, it's just uh, one of the things, too, I think a lots of times we'll move into Lent. I know that I have done this in the past where you're like, I just need to endure. Like Ash Wednesday is a day of mourning. You're like, I got six more weeks of this. I just got to make it through. Flip that around and try and look at the positive side of this, because if the goal of our life is divine union with God and the church gives us Lent in order to help that take place, then we should be embracing Lent with both arms. And it leads, because what does it do? I mean, you see this in the way the liturgical calendar plays out. We give these things up and we die to ourselves. St. Paul says in Romans eight seventeen, we are co-heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him. Why? Love so that, that we person. might also be glorified with him. And that's what this leads to. It's the glory and the resurrection of Easter. And if this is what mm-hmm. we need to go through and get to that, then you know what? Let's grab the bull by the horns and make Lent what it's supposed to be. that That's yep. really the way we need to approach this.
0: Yes, absolutely. And die with him. I mean, yes, I love that. That's
4: awesome. Good. good stuff. Matt, yeah. would you yeah.
0: mind sharing like um, one of your best Lenten experiences where either you felt like you were growing or you felt like God kind of just rocked you and told you you needed to do something different or better.
4: (laughs) Well, a few years ago, I did exactly what I said you probably shouldn't do, is you try and bite off more than you can chew. Right. And I found myself, it was like walking through, you know, wet concrete in loose galoshes. And I just couldn't bring my, it's like I couldn't make progress. And I just felt like I I was so weighed down. And the Lord finally kind of slapped me upside the head and said, no, this isn't what I want you to do. Every one of us has, every one of us has a predominant fault, right? The the, the spiritual writers will talk about this. And, and to this point, I wasn't dealing with my own, I'm not going to tell you what it is. My wife and kids could probably tell you off the top of their head, but I won't tell you. (laughs) But I think this is what the Lord wanted me more to deal with, and he kind of brought that to mind. And once I engaged that, as opposed to just doing all these other things that lots of other people told me that I should be doing or, you know, whatever, this program or that program, I was a whole lot better off because I realized I wasn't just doing something because it was Lent. I was doing something to further my um, my own spirituality. And that kind of transformed Lent for me because I was working on my own particular issues and I was able to pick up my own personal cross. Don't forget this. I mean, Jesus Jesus doesn't say we're supposed to pick up his cross. And I think a lot of people fall into this mindset that, my gosh, I'm going to be nailed to the cross during Lent and this is going to be brutal. Now, Jesus is the one who did that. He's not asking you to take his cross. He wants you to pick up your cross. And... When I kind of came to that recognition, it just it got rid of the drudgery, so to speak. It's still painful. Don't get me wrong. I don't mm-hmm. I don't like Lent on a human level, but when I understood uh, that it was my cross that I was picking up, and it was going to deal with the sins that I have in my life, that's going to help me to to draw into union with the Lord much faster. It kind of changed everything, and so I try and go into Lent now, having experienced that a few years ago, with a totally different mindset.
0: Yeah. Um, what was it like? Uh, maybe your first Lent uh, coming in <laughs> when you were coming into the church? Because we have Fred and Sonia who are both converts.
4: <laughs> yeah, you know what? That was a hard one. Uh, we yeah. didn't. You know, obviously, when you when you talk about Protestantism, you're painting with a very broad brush. Uh, right. But I would say that probably both in Fred and my past, you didn't have Lent. I, I, at least I didn't. We would roll right up to Easter morning, and you had an Easter morning sunrise service, and then you went and saw the Easter bunny, and that was that, man. It was so easy. And you know what's interesting? is It, it really is kind of—it um, typifies the whole idea of how it is that we are saved. Look at the difference between what the Catholic Church teaches and what, what Fred and Sonia and I were raised with, because we were raised with the idea that all you have to do is believe and you are saved. That's it. And, and salvation is kind of cheap as far as that goes. Like Jesus did everything and we don't have to do anything. And that's totally substitutionary atonement, right? But as Catholics, we believe that it's a representative sacrifice by Jesus Christ. And we participate in it. Not because it adds anything to the sacrifice of Christ, but because Christ wills that we participate in it. Because we're going to have to experience suffering in this world one way or the other. Uh, just because of sin, which we did, not because of God. Suffering and death are in the world because of us and not because of God. But Jesus, against any rational thing really, came and he became a man and he experienced the consequences of suffering and death and he made them the path to salvation. And we join ourselves to him and this is how we move toward it. And so Lent makes complete and utter sense when you think about it in those terms because now I'm dying to myself, I'm picking up my own cross and I'm following Jesus to his resurrection, and this is how I am saved, and this is the Catholic mentality on all of this, but when I first entered into this, and people were talking about all the things you are going to give up, I was like, man, this is really hard. It demands something of me, and I wasn't even mm-hmm. Catholic the first Lent I experienced, because I was still in RCIA, right? I oh, mean, that's the way right. it most is for us, and I was on the campus of Franciscan University, and these kids are all hardcore, and all the rest, and I'm looking at all <laughs> the things they're giving up, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? But You know, you you engage it, you do it. I gave things up, and and it was it was a very purging experience. It was great.
0: Yeah,
1: it it is funny that you say that because like we went to the same undergrad school. I won't mention it, but it it's one of the buckles of the Bible Belt. It's the
4: rhinestone of the buckle of the Bible Belt. Yeah, that's probably more (laughs) fitting.
1: Yeah, and um, you know, obviously, we both went to Franciscan, and, and same thing for me. My first Lent, I was an RCIA on the campus at Steubenville, and. I remember see, seeing people walking around barefoot, like their <laughs> yes. their sacrifice for Lent was yeah. they're not going to wear shoes, you yeah. know, and, and, and it's I cold. just remember thinking, in the middle yeah, of
3: winter, yeah, yeah Ohio. In,
1: in, in Ohio, and I just remember thinking, wow, uh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm very good at this, yeah. you know, this is very different. In also, coming,
0: if, if their feet smelled, you know, your sacrifice should not be sacrificed to everyone else. <laughs> like, right, that's true, awesome. true, true,
1: true. <laughs> And coming from that uh, a tradition where, you know, re- suffering is you're doing something wrong. That's why you suffer. You know, um, you have sin in your life, or maybe you didn't give enough offering, or something like that. You know, that was the cause of the suffering, not that God was trying to bring about something good from your suffering. So that w- it was a very eye opening experience for me that first Lent.
4: Yeah, that that view that that suffering is the result of punishment that we're experiencing. It really is kind of at the bedrock of how it is that we were raised. And we, as Catholics, we don't look at it that way. We are mm-hmm. participating with our Lord that the, that the suffering that we undergo can't be dissociated from love because of Jesus Christ. Like, suffering on its own is just suffering. But because of Christ and because that he has made our suffering redemptive, because this is how he saves us through the cross of Christ— Now our suffering is really informed by love. And if you really want to strip it all down, penance, what we give up for the Lord, is really nothing other than a demonstration of love. And when you look at it that way, the more love grows, the less the suffering occurs. Because the more you love someone, the more you're going to be willing to give up yourself for them. And that's also the beauty of of Lent is that While we are going through this, we're actually growing in our love of Jesus Christ. And so the sacrifices that we make, the suffering part of it is diminishing even as we move through Lent and we draw near toward Easter. Because you all know, you know this from personal experience, like two or three weeks in, that's the hardest. The first two or three weeks is the hardest part. And after a while, you're like, I can live without this stuff, right? Right. And you recognize, too, the spiritual fruit that's there. And so you grow in your love of the Lord as that stuff is kind of fading off in the distance, but it's all informed by that love of Jesus Christ.
0: So Matt, you have a really wonderful initiative that um, that you head up that we're talking about the spiritual life and growing spiritual life during Lent. Would you mind talking about that?
4: I'd love to. I am, at the Science of Sainthood, uh, scienceofsainthood.com, people can sign up for a free streaming, it's absolutely free, of St. Teresa of Avila's nine grades of prayer. And I chose, it's 14 different lessons, about 15 minutes apiece. You sign up at scienceofsainthood.com, and we just send the, the videos to you. And I chose to stream this. It's really, really powerful. It goes pretty deep, probably a whole lot more than, than people bargain for with regard to prayer. But if we're talking about growing in relationship with Jesus Christ, prayer is that relationship, period. Mm-hmm. You can go to the sacraments all day long. If you don't have a life of prayer, that grace is just kind of falling flat. It's not doing anything for you. And so... Prayer is really fundamental. You're not going to reach heaven, all things being equal, without a deep life of prayer. All the saints say this, and Teresa is the doctor of prayer. And so I decided to take this course out of the Science of Sainthood. And the Science of Sainthood is a bunch of different courses on the spiritual life. But I took this course. I'm going to make it available for free for the public. And thousands of people have already signed up, and uh, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be really powerful. And again, uh, you can grab it at, and sign up for it at scienceofsainthood.com.
0: That's wonderful. When does it start? Or is it at your own pace? No,
4: it starts at Ash Wednesday. So the first okay. video gets emailed to people on Ash Wednesday. So today, if uh, if they've signed up yeah. based on yeah. when this is yeah. posting. And uh, you can sign up right now. And uh, well, I'll send you the email. And then I'll send like... Uh, like three videos or so at a time and we'll continue to add more to it as Lent goes on so people can pace their way through it and it, it's like a drama that unfolds because the deeper into it the more you see the plot line and it gets a little more intense and you really see how much the Lord loves you and what he's willing to do for you and you want to run toward that with everything that you have
0: awesome
1: that's awesome thank you for joining us today Matt
4: oh, it's been a pleasure to see you guys and uh, I hope uh, in the near future I see you in person as well
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you.
4: God bless.